everybody. Welcome to the Field of Streams, where I, your host, Janine McRae, bring you the tiny thoughts that stream from my brain and present them to you as though they're a secret safe word that you can whisper to the cosmos in the instant you bump into an ex and their new partner at the supermarket. And upon the universe hearing this whisper, you suddenly can't even remember their name, let alone the pain they caused. Added bonus? Since you're in the supermarket, the whispered word also directs your hand toward the perfect avocado. Mmm, inside voice. Now, I can't promise you much with these missives, but I can promise you this. I won't keep you long. A promise like that deserves a follow, don't you think? Tap that follow button. You won't regret it. Or, if you do... Don't feel that you have to tell me about it. Now, the episode. Once upon a time, on a lovely April day, I drove my American truck up an American mountain in an American place of glorious legend called Big Sur and camped in my rooftop tent for a week on top of that mountain. While there, I read a book by an American who goes by the name Bob Odenkirk. The book was called Comedy, 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 drama, which summed up the trajectory of his professional life in America. You might be familiar with the inner van down by the river sketch, as totally crushed by Chris Farley on SNL. Bob Odenkirk wrote that. Um, He wrote for and was on the Ben Stiller show and was part of the, I don't know if you would call it a cult show, but was one half of Mr. Show, along with David Cross. That's the comedy stuff. And then, occasionally during, he sprinkled in some random dramatic acting roles, culminating in the biggest of all, Saul Goodman, first on Breaking Bad, and then Better Call Saul, which, in my hot take opinion, may have been more enjoyable for me, that show. Why is my voice getting so high? Am I afraid? I might be afraid to say that out loud. I loved Breaking Bad, but I just, there was something about Better Call Saul that, ugh, that show. Can you believe Bob Odenkirk never won an Emmy? That's a crime. And Ray Seahorn as well. The show itself, nominated 53 times, never won a single Emmy. That blows my tiny mind. The finale of that show was so satisfying, primarily because I could finally relax. My anxiety could stand down. I used to have to take breaks and psych myself up to watch that last season. I was so invested in Jimmy and Kim. I am getting in the weeds. I apologise. That said, I'm just going to interrupt myself here and say the bus scene in Nobody is incredible and I won't hear a bad word about that movie. Bob Odenkirk's in that movie if that's not clear. But I digress. Picture me in Big Sur on top of a mountain, sitting in a little camp chair with a rather dramatic view of the rugged coastline and the PCH way down below me reading that book. Comedy, 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 drama. I've always loved the work ethic of Bob Odenkirk. There have been some real hits and misses with the things he's done. I think he would be the first to admit that. But he epitomises for me that it's the work that matters, the doing of it, the committing to the bit. That's the important part. The swinging for the fences. I like memoirs. 
I like to read about people's lives, actual lives, not made-up ones. This one was written before Bob Odenkirk's heart attack that killed him briefly. So there's no talk in this book of how that might have affected his thinking and finding out how many people and strangers loved him after that event. But again, off track, Janine. I like memoirs, but I don't even kid myself that they hold the key to how someone hits it big. It's interesting to see the path people take or are put upon or presented, but it's a mistake to think you can follow their path. You must make your own, which is basically what this episode is about. Inspired by Bob Odenkirk. I also mention another book by a Polish author during my reading of this episode, and I butcher her name so brutally that I'm not going to do it again here. I'll save that for you to discover for yourself. I even Googled how to say it, and then I couldn't stick the landing. But onwards. So now, without any further requesting of building permits, here is the post, Books are not blueprints. Books are not blueprints. They cannot lay out the square footage of your love or the thickness of your skin. They cannot define the placement of your empathy, nor, and this is important, indicate if you're designed to be a multi-story mega-mansion or a one-room bedsit with a toilet in the shower. Books are not blueprints. Don't try build yourself from the contents of one. Turn the page. It's tempting though, right? To grab at every book you can to find out all the secrets of how to make it. To discover the sequence of events that turn the tumblers one by one until they fall into place with that satisfying clunk that unlocks your manifest destiny. Where is the shortcut? Is there a back door? Do I really have to just keep on keeping on? Where is the VIP entrance? Look, can't you see I'm wearing the special pants tonight? Turn the page. There is no path. Nothing stays the same from one page to the next. Situations are fluid. Time is a wheel. People hold the word unpredictable in one fist, incomprehensible in the other, and the punches keep on coming. What worked for someone then might not work for you now. You get the drift. It goes on and on and on, and so must you. Turn the page. Quote, Every line is emotional, end quote. This is the only thing I underlined in Bob Odenkirk's memoir, and I'm not going to give you any context for it. It's got nothing to do with how to make it in comedy or as a writer or an actor. It's got nothing to do with shortcuts or step-by-steps. It's not even true. In fact, you should never start a sentence with in fact. I'm not even going to tell you what he's talking about, because to build on his point... My point is this. Every line is something, even when it's not. Some lines you throw away, burying them inside something else, something denser, something bigger, something transitory. Doesn't mean they don't do the dirty work and the body burying. Some lines you write backwards or inside out, and oh boy, that can really get the grammarians fired up. But those lines are working too. Some are specifically cannon fodder so that bigger, brattier lines can swing their punctuation around like Bob Odenkirk's fists on that bus in that scene in that movie that you should absolutely 100% watch immediately. Point? 
Some lines are every lines, and every line has a role to play. Every line, people. Every line. Every line does something. Every line is something, even when it doesn't look like it. Even when you delete it in the next draft. Turn the page. Every line is a soldier, a draft draft horse, a star, a diversion. Every line is fight or flight. Every line is a knife or a blanket. Every line afraid or brave. Every line just is and will be and should do and so on. Life, story, movement, meaning. Every line is worth polishing and hugging and whispering encouragement in the ear of as you send it into battle. Go, you good thing. Do your absolute worst or best. Make it your best worst or your worst best or your best best or whatever. Pulitzers or parental fridge fodder. Just give every line a future to look forward to. Every line is emotional. Not to get all cosmically bent here, but Odenkirk's little note to himself, which I'm taking completely out of context just so I may project upon it, might be the most brilliantly pithy tagline since, I don't know, just do it. It's a battle cry. It's a call to arms. It's got layers, man. It's an obtuse takeaway for sure, but by now you should have worked out I deal in the angles. All the weird angles. All the unlovable shapes. Turn the page. Books are not blueprints. Books are clues, filled with every lines. They might not be the clues you're looking for, but creative hunter-gatherers must fill their baskets with something. Memoirs, how-tos, biographies. There's no shame in seeking the secrets of the source from the sauciest sauciers. Quote, I don't think anyone will publish it, but perhaps someone will reflect on it. End quote. This is not from Bob's book. It's from Drive Your Plough Over the Bones of the Dead from Olga Tokachuk and is a line that strikes me as being a neat summary of the message, if there is any message, of comedy, 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 drama. Every line is emotional. Perhaps someone will reflect on it. That's the most we can hope for. That and a good fat memoir with lots of pages and lots of words set in sabon, because, as we all know, Odenkirk especially, the lights can go out at any moment, and that's not your sweaty finger on the switch. Meantime, just keep turning pages till your book runs out. And there you have it, today's episode. I'm going to apologise for the pronunciation of Olga Tokashuk. It's a Polish name, and I did look it up, and uh, the time between me looking it up and listening to it and recording this has been too long, so I apologise for that. Drive Your Plough Over the Bones of the Dead is a fantastic book, by the way. I recommend it heartily. But let's end it, shall we? I share these missives every week as a way of perhaps inspiring creative folk to get out there and make something of their own. If you are enjoying this podcast, please share it with friends. And until next we meet, I'll leave you with this. Love what you love, and I'll see you out there making stuff.